This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Buck Sexton. When was the last time you heard the government saying they wanted to protect a swamp? That's what they're doing. That's what a wetland is. It's a swamp. They don't say swamp anymore, though, because if you said swamp, people would say, wow, we really need all these federal regulations to make sure that uh, this swampy area stays swampy? I mean, do we want it to be swampy? Is that really it? Anyway. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. This is a special episode of The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip, and it will be live from Birmingham, Alabama shortly. My name is Mike Opelka from Pure Opelka on The Blaze Radio Network. I'm doing a little filling here, if you didn't guess. Doc and Skip are experiencing some slight technical problems, but we will have them, I believe, in just a few minutes. I'm going to uh, hopefully bring you up to speed on what's going on today. If If you're new to the planet, if you were just beamed in and you didn't know about today's special event, this weekend's special events in Birmingham, Alabama, Never Again Is Now. If you're on Twitter and you put in the hashtag, Never Again Is Now, You will be amazed at what you're seeing from last night's incredible event with Glenn and David Barton and the preachers that thousands attended talking about what this weekend really means. It's time to stand up, to speak, to act as one, to support the self-evident truths. And today, all of this converges with a march in Birmingham, Alabama. Folks are gathering as we speak. People are joining together, locking arms, all of us restoring unity. If you're in the area, you still have time. The march is kicking off in uh, in a little bit, so you have time to get there. 7th Avenue and 16th Street, and then culminating tonight with uh, the, the gigantic event. Um, at uh, at the Legacy Arena. And that, if if you haven't seen, there was a little bit of a preview that Glenn's wife, Tanya, posted on Facebook, and I shared it on my Facebook, uh, my Facebook account, that gave you a preview of some of the music. I don't have that loaded up, but I do have a little bit of the choir from last night's event, uh, the, the rally, and uh, this was... The, the Guiding Light Church with the speakers and, and Bishop Jim Lowe was there and Glenn was there. And as I said that before, but I was absolutely chilled when I heard the choir singing. And there is there anything better than a fully landscaped gospel choir just lifting the roof and raising your spirits? Check out. Here's a little snippet of last night.
all lives matter. If you cannot say that, if you are incapable of taking that simple statement, all lives matter, three words, and saying it without, without being attacked, then we have a problem. And that choir just nailed it last night. Again, this is the Blaze Radio Network. My name is Michael Pelka. I'm filling in a little bit as Doc and Skip, who are going to be anchoring our coverage of the march that is really just starting on 7th Avenue at 16th Street in Birmingham, Alabama. And it will lead to the big Restoring Unity event that goes from noon to 3. This this is a, a three-hour march, and we will have coverage. If you're watching on Meerkat, there is live streaming on Meerkat. It's a simple app. You can get it and download it and watch the uh, the four. I think there's four different cameras getting four different angles of this. The information is all loaded up on mercuryone.org. You can you can do uh, now.mercuryone.org and get all the information. I think there are even a few tickets left for tonight's event, and you can be a part of this and support. What Glenn is trying to do, not only unite us, physically unite all of us, and spiritually unite all of us, to say that all lives matter, every single one of us. No more divisions of race and political or religious affiliations or sexual orientation. All lives matter. And he's also trying to raise money to save the Christians in the Middle East. Uh, Two weeks ago, I actually spoke with two different archbishops, one from uh, Iraq and one from Syria. And these are two of the archbishops from the regions that have had devastation thrust upon them by ISIS, that have had hundreds of thousands of families flee because of the religious persecution. And these are folks who are being marked with the sign of the Nazarene, that ISIS will then target them for death or worse, sexual slavery. And Glenn is trying to raise money to liberate those families and resettle them. And that movement is starting to really pick up momentum. You can be a part of that. The uh, information on where to go is on mercuryone.org. Click the little donate button. Be a part of this. You You don't have to give thousands. Every nickel matters. It's, it's an amazing day, another amazing week. Five years ago today, I was standing in Washington, D.C., the same place where Dr. King in 1963, the day earlier, had given the address, the dream speech. So Dr. King's speech and the, the event five years ago, which was Restoring Honor, started all of this. It was a pivot point in my life. And today, there are folks who are meeting and marching. Now, before that, there were also days of service projects going on. If you're not in Birmingham, that's okay. But get involved in your community. Never Again Is Now can also be in your community. We are doing a food drive because the food pantries in our area are running terribly low and something as simple as a couple boxes of cereal a couple cans of soup and maybe some condensed milk or evaporated milk can do great things 
for the lives of others. Once a week, twice a week. Very simple. But the big event's going on. Again, Never Again is now in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I On this anniversary, not only of 828 in Washington, D.C., when hundreds of thousands of us gathered on the mall and talked about restoring honor, it's also the 10th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. And we see how a community responded and is lifting itself back up. I, I tweeted out a link earlier. The Twitter handle is at StuntBrain. I tweeted out a link to a story of renewal and revival in New Orleans that I think is just inspiring. And the same stories are happening right now in Birmingham, Alabama. The same stories are happening at the Guiding Light Church. The same stories are happening as people are marching towards the gigantic Restoring Unity event with Glenn Beck and Bishop Lowe and and others. Alveda King will be there. It is going to be an amazing day. And I do hope we have Doc and Skip connecting soon. I know they're uh, feverishly working to make things happen. Uh, Britt, have you heard anything from the fellows out on the street yet? Okay, so we can't see them yet, but we're attempting to get things put together here. Um, I mentioned Billy Hallowell is on on the scene, and I think I can get uh, Billy to to give us an update and and tell us uh, what's happening with the early stages of the march. So while we don't have the gigantic connection with Doc and Skip live, we should have Billy Hallowell here in just a moment. Uh, I believe, yeah, I see the hotlines ringing. We'll connect to uh, Birmingham. Uh, This is the Morning Blaze special edition, Doc and Skip, with some small technical difficulties. But they should be with us uh, shortly. Uh, Billy Hallowell, are are you with us in Birmingham again, my friend? Yes, I am. Thank you. Are you marching yet? Is 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 not yet, not yet. We're getting set up. We're getting set up here, and people are. Uh, I just saw Chuck Norris. No uh, way. Enter in. Uh, no yeah, way. Sixteenth Street Baptist Church. Chuck Norris just entered in there, um, where they're having um, a meeting, I think, or an event in there this morning, and everyone's sort of assembling around that church. And uh, huge crowd, huge, huge crowd. They haven't quite come down yet to where they're going to meet to start the march. So we're not quite starting yet. But yeah, it's uh, gearing up. Now I know you are an amateur marathon runner. Um, how, how long a distance is this March covering? Um, this March is, you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I would say it's probably two miles, but I could be totally wrong. I don't know. I, it's funny. I walked over here, but I took a totally different route. I listened to Google maps. So I have no idea how far people are going to be walking, but they, the way it works is they walk in batches. Um, to like 200 people at a time, I guess. Um, and, and so it's sort of spread out that way. So it'll be interesting to see it unfold. And you know what? I have my Fitbit on, so I'll have to tell you how many steps it is once I know. I love this. Billy Hallowell, faith and culture (laughs) editor at The Blaze, is going to march with uh, the thousands of folks in Birmingham, but he's also wearing his Fitbit. So he's... I got the Fitbit on. I... So listen, I got the Fitbit on. I need to I need to get in shape, lose some weight here, and I need to find coffee. So I'm still on that mission, so I might have to leave the march to find coffee. Um, but you know, you still have no on. coffee. I still have no. I have zero. Co- I have zero coffee. It's been over 24 hours, which I don't know. I've, I've actually not gone this long without coffee since infancy. 
Wow. Well, you you tweeted out a picture of some of the signs that are there being handed out. Uh, have you picked a, a sign? Because some of the folks are are weighing in and saying uh, their favorite sign. Have you grabbed one? I have not grabbed one yet. There are piles upon piles of them, but people are starting to pick them up, and um, you can see them throughout the crowds. I don't know that. I like the Justice one uh, with um, Abraham Lincoln. I think that one's kind of cool. Obviously, there's the All Lives Matter, um, all different um, versions of signs that are out there. So I don't know. I I love it. I love it. I think it's great. And your guesstimate currently, even before the march has started, how many folks do you think are out there? I, you know, I couldn't. I honestly, I'm sort of far away from where they're assembled right now. A lot. I mean, I would say thousands, but I can't, I can't, I don't know. Billy, I don't know. Billy, being, you can't say a lot because that's what I'm, Donald I'm Trump two, said. I'm hearing 2,000 right now. I mean, yeah, well, you know, Donald Trump also <laughs> says he's a member of a church. And, he's, he's not, and he but. goes there a lot. So <laughs> you can't say that. Uh, yeah, he goes there so much that he, didn't he even, the one thing we didn't talk about earlier, didn't he even say that, uh, the pastor, the pastor who he claimed was his pastor, had been deceased, right, for a long time. And he talked. And it's fine. I mean, he talked about how wonderful he was, but it almost sounded like he thought he was still the pastor. Um, oh man! Anyway, I, definitely a couple of thousand for okay. sure, and Very I good. think it's growing quickly. And you've got Elvita King. Uh, that I think you've got a piece with Elvita King going up in the blaze shortly. I do. In fact, I'm. I've been editing it for the last um, hour or so. So yes, I'm. Every, every time I edit it, I see something interesting and get distracted. But, yes, that story is going up in the next 10 to 15 minutes. Well, I just retweeted a picture that Alveda King posted on Twitter of uh, her daughter, Celeste, and her mother, Naomi. And they are all wearing their Never Again is Now shirts and getting ready to march. So you've got Chuck Norris, Glenn Beck, David Barton, uh, and, and Alveda King and family and a couple thousand other folks all ready to go. It's a, it's an inspiring moment. I'm filling in for Doc and Skip just a little bit. Hopefully we'll get them connected here. Going to step aside and take a break. Uh, Billy Hallowell, thank you. God bless you. I hope you get coffee. If anyone is listening via the app. Someone or, bring me coffee. Find Billy Hallowell. Just look for the guy with the scowl on his face. And uh, and I, are you no, wearing I'm a laughing, hat, Mike? I'm <laughs> laughing. I'm not wearing a hat. I'm just I'm enjoying life and laughing because that's what happens. Like when you when you don't have caffeine, you just you gotta find ways to keep yourself awake. Fantastic. So I'm having a good time. Fantastic. Well done, sir. We're going to step away and take a quick break. Hopefully, we'll get you live coverage from Birmingham. Never again is now. You're listening to a special presentation live from Birmingham at Restoring Unity. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton. When was the last time you heard the government saying they wanted to protect a swamp? That's what they're doing. That's what a wetland is. It's a swamp. They don't say swamp anymore, though, because if you said swamp, people would say, wow, we really need all these federal regulations to make sure that uh, this swampy area stays swampy. I mean, do we want it to be swampy? Is that really it? Anyway. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze, live from Restoring Unity in Birmingham. Almost live from Restoring Unity in Birmingham. Michael Pelka, I'm in the Morning Blaze studios. Doc and Skip are having some slight technical difficulties. 
but the Broad Voice studio lines are open, 888-900-3393, and we might even say good morning to somebody. Uh, Mark in Maryland, how are you, sir? Hey, Mike, how you doing today? I'm good. What's your message for Never Again is Now in Restoring Unity? Well, uh, we would have been down there in Birmingham, myself and my family, uh, but my doctor won't let me travel that far. But uh, we definitely have them in our prayers, and uh, we're going to be, uh, you know, listening in today on the radio. And uh, uh, also a little message for Doc and Skip. Uh, uh, don't stop at uh, Skip's house of pa- flapjacks, or no. you'll never get out of there. That's right. You won't. And, Mark, what you're saying is so important because so many of us could not get to Birmingham, but we can do things locally. We can start planting the seeds of unity and telling folks it's time to stand up. It's time to do the right things and do little things locally. Mark, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. I want to tell you that this is the time. This is the time for us to get over the political correctness. And one of the one of the ways uh, that I know you guys get it is the biggest story of the moment on the blaze right now is a little bit of what Colin Quinn told a college audience recently about political correctness. Listen to this. But if you even mention ethnicity, people feel a little bit your stomach feels tense. If you even mention someone's ethnicity, everyone's like, wow, wow. If I told you a true story. This Mexican guy came up to me. Ho, whoa. Why does this guy have to be Mexican in your true story? I don't understand. You know, you have to speak in those idealized, pasteurized, homogenized, colorblind at all. You know, you feel bit. If you notice, you're like, this guy comes up to me. Could have been Mexican. I don't know. I don't care. I shouldn't have been a Central American, Hispanic, Latino. It was a man. All right. Wait a minute. I was sexist. I don't know if it was a man. Could have been a woman. It could have been LGBT. I don't know. I mean, it was a, a life form came up to me. You know what? Hold on. I'd like to uh, start the story by apologizing for, obviously, I'm coming from a place of Western, entitled, unconscious, paternalistic fear of the other. And... Um, you know, non-heteronormative, gender-specific. Uh, I'd like to start by saying that this apology has been a learning experience for me and a, you know, a teachable moment. And I think I'm going to do some soul-searching. And hopefully, down the line, I can start a non-profit for other people that are telling stories. You know. and- Great stuff. Great stuff from Colin Quinn. If you haven't seen his show, History of the World, it's... It's the entire history of the world, what you learned in high school, in about two hours. It was a couple of years ago, actually, and then he recently did a, a turn on the Constitution. They're one-man shows. They are uh, worth checking out. They're out there in the Twitterverse and in the YouTube universe. Michael Pelka sitting in for Doc and Skip, only for the moment. We're trying to get them connected from Birmingham where the folks are all lined up. We talked to Billy Hallowell shortly, or just a little bit ago. He said the march is ready to start shortly. Chuck Norris is on the scene with his wife, meeting with Glenn. Alveda King is there, Dr. King's uh, niece and her family, and a couple thousand close, warm, personal friends who are joining arms and will walk arm-in-arm a couple of miles 
to where the big event begins at noon with Glenn and Bishop Lowe. If you want information on this, go to now.mercury1.org, now.mercury1.org. You'll get details on Never Again Is Now and on what's going on about people standing, speaking, acting as one and supporting self-evident truths. It's time we peel away the political correctness and tell the truth. Because, as we say here, the truth has no agenda. Never again is now. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip on the Blaze Radio Network. This is The Morning Blaze, live from Restoring Unity in Birmingham. This is The Morning Blaze. It's kind of live from Restoring Unity in Birmingham. I'm Michael Pelka, sitting in here in The Blaze studios. There's some technical snafus happening in Birmingham, but through the miracle of cellular technology, Doc Thompson, and this is kind of a turnabout is fair play thing. When I usually call your show... (laughs) And give, give you guys a hard time. Now you're calling your show, but I'm here. <laughs> but I'm still going to give you a hard time, just so you know. No. Oh, oh you are? Yes, exactly. I'm going to give you a hard time because you always deserve it. Yeah, we're, we're in Birmingham right now. Yeah, unfortunately, some technical snafus at the arena uh, we're broadcasting. Uh, most of the events at the arena don't happen until a little bit later on, so they're still setting all of that stuff up. We got the early call today, but, yeah, I mean, these things happen. Uh, you, you had a bunch of uh, internet connectivity and things that you have to, you know, string through an entire arena. It gets kind of tricky, and we're setting up. We we should be on shortly, um, officially with it. But as I make my way into the arena, and hopefully the phone won't cut out or whatever, you're probably hearing in the background some some singing, some music. Are you hearing it? Uh, not Add quite, it. but I'm still oh, hearing you, oh, which is oh. nice. We'll get closer and closer. What uh, what you have there is the choir and band. That is uh, that is rehearsing now and getting everything, doing the sound, last sound check or whatever. And uh, last night when we were at the church, um, it was absolutely spectacular. It was incredible. Glenn spoke, and uh, the bishop spoke, Bishop Lowe. It was absolutely amazing. It was it was really what Glenn had, I believe, intended it to be, and that is a lot of different people, a lot of different faiths and ideas coming together, saying, "Listen." We have common ground on this stuff. In fact, I suspect that in the future, and this is just my speculation, that you're going to see Glenn go even bigger with this stuff, and you're going to see a lot of other people go bigger with this, that it's not just about Christians. It's not just about Christians and Jews. It's about atheists. It's about all faiths, no faith. Because, Mike, there is common ground. That's the key. That's the thing we've been missing on this entire thing. Last night, one of the focuses of the church was, um, and Pastor uh, Bishop Lowe spoke on this uh, specifically, was the different denominations of Christianity that we're all arguing amongst ourselves and ah, arguing about what is baptism and can it be sprinkle, can it be submersion, and if not, then I don't agree with you, and all of this stuff, and he's right. But it goes even bigger than that. 
there is so much common ground throughout all of humanity, regardless of what your, your faith is. And by the way, most of your faiths still believe many of the same basic philosophies. And that is where we start. That's what's missing here. We can't even come together as Christians, let alone come together as Christians and Jews and everybody else. Those are great points. Doc Thompson with us uh, on his own show. Doc and Skip are in Birmingham. They drove across the South to get there. And I, I'm glad you're sharing what happened last night because I, I only got a sample of it on The Blaze. And there's a beautiful sample of the choir singing All Lives Matter. It really made the hair stand up on the back of my neck when I heard this this just fantastic gospel choir just ripping it. And there's nothing more inspiring to me than gospel music done beautifully and with the soulful spirit that seemed to fill that room last night. Did you go outside and see the crowd outside at all? Yeah, yeah, we saw, uh, we did. This was this is what's really interesting about the crowd, Mike. This is amazing. I was not only there participating in, you know, in the service, because especially earlier it was, uh, it was, it was a service. You know, I mean, this was a worship service, yeah. too. That um, I was there to worship, but also as a commentator and a broadcaster, knew I was going to have to explain some of this on the air. And so through parts of it, I was kind of pulling back and looking at the crowd and, you know, trying to get reaction and engage with, with people's thought and think and what they were feeling. And first of all, it was hilarious because we're in a primarily black church where the congregation is primarily black. And for this event, it was primarily white. Now, there were a lot of uh, blacks and other minorities and other faiths even that were there. And there were some congregants that usually go to the church that they were there, whatever. But it was primarily a white, a white group. And I thought to myself, okay, this is, this is interesting. This has to be interesting for the bishop. You know, he's normally, you know, not that he can't preach, but I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's different. So I watched the crowd then, and they responded to Bishop Lowe, Mike, Wow. It was, there was no difference. There was virtually none. There were a couple of pieces that they were a little off on, you know, the selection of music and, and how things went. And he even commented on that and joked about it. He said, you know, we're in the South now. You're, you're in a black church. You know, we do things a little bit differently or whatever. <laughs> but the audience liked it and they got it, which was really cool. Um, then I was paying attention when people like um, um, you know, some of the other ministers spoke, when Glenn spoke, and uh it was, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, who spoke? Uh, I'll never forget what's his name. Now, the minister, I am drawing it, uh, David Barton. Oh, David Barton, yeah. Yeah, I was completely drawn by. Anyways, when he spoke, and I was trying to watch to see what they gauge. Now, David Barton is an ordained minister and also a historian, as you know. So when he took the stage and he did this presentation on the significance of religion in the founding of America, and he went through all these old sermons and he, he actually, you know, had screenshots of them, put them up on the screen and said, okay, as part of a PowerPoint presentation, here's a screenshot of a sermon in, you know, 1600s and here's one in early 1700s. And he laid out that it was absolutely not only instrumental in founding America, but all of our founding documents, there's quotes like, uh, you know, all men are created equal and, and these that everybody knows where they're from in our founding documents, but they go back to actual sermons that were preached by colonists, you know, pastors or ministers in the colonies. And he lays all this out. And he said, by the way, he goes, I can find just about anything that you mention, you know, it mentions something. And I'll find a place in the Bible where it talks about that. And he, he gave examples. He goes, there were sermons on earthquakes. He huh. said, okay, yeah, I know there was the earthquake, you know, when, 
when Jesus was executed and whatever. He goes, but no, no, it goes far beyond that. And he lays out how these ministers went through all of it. Then he applied it to, to today. And I'm watching the crowd. And, you know, normally when you start talking historical founding of America, you're going to lose a lot of the black audience. You just are. And I saw the white crowd. They responded and got it over. And I saw the black crowd get it, too. And they were looking. They were like, okay, I, I didn't know this stuff. Okay, this is good. So those moments where everybody, you know, was trying to figure it out. The one place that I noticed, and this was just my opinion, where, where we seemed to lose um, a, a lot of the black congregates that were there, was when a couple of key names were mentioned, names like Washington and Jefferson. And it's such an important point that I've tried to make on the air before, and I hope we can, we can move from here to the next level, and that is wrong or right, and let's not pass judgment here. Let's just realize that wrong or right, there are many people in America that do not connect with the founding of America because their people were not free. Now, before you bristle at that, think about this. None of us lived under King George. None of us were around back then. So when I talk about the founding of America, I'm talking about something that I was not a part of. I just revere it because of its ideas and principles Oops, wait a minute. and what it became. So, yeah, we weren't there, yet we, rec- you know, we, we feel connected with, you know, what they did and who those people were. Right. Well, got to remember, black people, if they say, well, I don't, I can't connect with those people because my people weren't free back then. You know, my people were, theirs were not. In other words, the founding of America was the freeing of white people in America, white men primarily. Now, I don't buy into the whole political correct diversity nonsense. You know, that's, that's not what I do. But when, if you realize that, you're wrong or right. Yes, that did set up their freedom as well, but that's just not what they identify. Wrong or right, that's the reality. That's it. Well, that's so a we great point. Find, yeah. We've got to find a way to say, I get that. And maybe you could get my point. If we could get that little piece, get over that little hump and say, tell you what, if you can recognize black America that if not for those people, and yes, I get Washington and Jefferson and they were slave owners or whatever. Yes, I know that. If you can see the bigger picture and that that set the stage for everything else for all of us to be free, then maybe I can recognize for a moment that you're not going to identify with, with Jefferson the same way I do. You, you see what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm going to be a little divide there. In other words, they see at different points in America, whether it's MLK or uh, the, the Civil War or Lincoln and the Emancipation Proclamation, whatever it is, they see these events as their 1776, right? as their Declaration of Independence. And, and I get that. And it is about, you know what, Doc, this is about, and we're going to have to jump away for a quick break. Maybe you'll hang out with us if you can. Uh, what, what I see is that we need to all just have the conversation because sitting around and not having it. My grandfather used to say, don't let bad feelings see a sundown because they grow in the night. And, and he's right. And that's that we've had too many bad feelings getting the, the ability to grow in the darkness of night. And it's about having the tough conversations and moving forward. Uh, Doc Thompson's with us from Birmingham via phone. We're trying to make the connection so Doc and Skip can anchor the coverage of Never Again Is Now, the Restoring Unity on uh, Restoring Unity Rally event, 
We'll step away and take a quick break. We'll get back. Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll even be connected with uh, Doc and Skip and the whole deal. This is The Morning Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Live from Restoring Unity in Birmingham, this is The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. is a special presentation of The Morning Blaze, live from Birmingham. It is live from Birmingham and also anchored in New York at the moment. Michael Pelka on The Morning Blaze special event with Doc Thompson on the phone. Doc and Skip are in Birmingham trying to get us connected. Uh, Doc, I wanted to uh, let folks know they can also, while listening to us, they can also watch some of this on the Meerkat streams, and there is a connection on the front page of The Blaze. It's pretty cool. I was hoping to see you guys, but I, I can't see you just yet, although they're working on that, too. There's going to be a bunch of cameras down there. Did Are you prepared? Yeah, but- Do you have makeup on for television? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Like right now, I've made my way down into the arena. You can hear the uh, the band and choir. They're going through their last-minute sound checks or whatever. Um, yeah, we'll be meerkatting. We should be connected now uh, at any time. We're the last few minutes or whatever. Listen to this. That's, that's the sound check, mind you. <laughs> that's wow. the sound check is. Holy moly. I just heard him do a sound check of, of God Bless America, Mike, that, that brought tears to my eyes. Oh, wow. I, I cannot and, wait. Just, this is, this is going to be spectacular. Well, um, I'm seeing yeah. Glenn. Glenn is uh, is on the Meerkat, and they've got a crowd of folks getting ready to march. So they are preparing yeah, to march. The mar- yeah, they're lining. They've been lining up for the march, and uh, Glenn should be uh, Glenn and the whole crowd should be there now at the uh, the embarkation point, and then uh, they'll be conducting the march, and then they'll file into the the arena here. So they march along the route, and then end up in the arena. Skip and I are set up right at the front door and should be live in just a couple of minutes or so. And then as they follow their way in, there's a huge Never Again Is Now banner on the front and a huge uh, LED light board um, that says Never Again Is Now and Restoring Unity. And then in and around the arena anyway, there's, um, there's a lot of references to the civil rights movement or whatever. And then we've kind of, you know, taken up that theme as well. It's, it's pretty exciting. Well, it's it's great to have so many of you in Birmingham and walking around. I know a lot of folks went on the self-guided tours yesterday to see the historic sites in Birmingham where so much of the civil rights movement really took uh, wing and, and launched to where we are now. And this day, Never Again Is Now, Restoring Unity, is, as Doc has shown us and as Glenn has said, is to boldly stand, to speak and act as one for what we know are the self-evident truths. So you're at Legacy Arena. Glenn's over at 7th Avenue and 16th. They're going to start moving that crew towards you any minute now. I just saw Alveda King on one of the video streams. So uh, Dr. King's niece is there. Glenn's there. Chuck Norris is there. So um, would you do me a favor, Doc? Yeah, yeah. Can you get the five bucks he owes me? 
I will. I'll go up and poke him in the chest and ask for it or whatever. I hope he's near Glenn because I think you know he may need the security. I yeah. hope he's I hope he's running security. Yeah, he's, you don't need any other security then, you know. Yeah, it's it's you know it's embarrassing to ask, but it's been 15 years. I loaned him five bucks. He was trying to get out of a parking lot in in L.A. and mm-hmm. I just happened to see it. I gave him the five bucks and he stiffed me. <laughs> so it's you know, you know, it's uh, funny about this whole thing too, and and. America is, I mean, we've got this malaise about civil rights, and it's understandable. You know, we went from, first of all, anything gets exhausting after a while. But I would have been somebody, I, I would have been the, the abolitionist. I would have been out there marching as civil rights. That's who I am. I believe in freedom at the core of everything I am. And I'm, I'm a person, in fact, uh, rape, murder, all of these things, besides being as heinous as they are, it's a personal threat to me that you're infringing somebody's right to not be murdered. That's, that's how I am about freedom. But even I, there is a malaise when it comes to civil rights because, unfortunately, the progressives have picked up on it and turned it into all of this other stuff. So I can understand while many, why many minorities are like, oh, you don't care. Well, yeah, I've been beat up by this stuff. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing the, the buzz phrases. But Glenn has made a really good point several times this weekend. I got 20, and Doc. Is, and that is that we have never really atoned for reconstruction and post-reconstruction. We've never really dealt with that. It's a good point. We'll tell you more about it coming up as we go live from Birmingham. Doc Thompson, Skip Lacombe, Glenn Beck, and the entire Never Again is Now Restoring Unity March going on. Details on theblaze.com and glennbeck.com. We will be right back after the news. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Skip, I am... I'm tired. I'm really, really just... just tired. Why? Why are you... What's, what's wrong, man? I'm just... And I gotta believe everybody else is, too. Yeah? For yeah. years and years... I've been at this. I have been at this. Things are wrong in the world, in America. It's just not supposed to be this way. Tea Party, anti-progressive activist for years now. And I am really, really exhausted. Now, I know this is a fight we're always going to have to have. I know you can never stop fighting. And I know people have fought and and worked harder than I have for a lot longer. But part of my frustration is not getting enough bang for my buck, for my efforts. Of not, not seeing enough results from all of the efforts I've poured into it. And I know I am not alone. I cannot feel alone when you work and work and work and then see 
the president and other people just steamroll you and the people you thought were in there fighting with you turn on you. I cannot be alone in feeling exhausted. I'm beyond frustration. I've had frustration for years. I have frustration at the what's going on and then being frustrated that nothing is, is happening with the people that it should be happening with to change things over. And I'm just tired now. But I think... I think now we are on the verge of a great awakening that maybe, just maybe, if we find some new areas to fight, we get some new weapons, that we may be able to see more. That we may gain more ground, do more with what we have. That's what I'm hoping for today and this weekend. Skip and I are live from Restoring Unity. Never Again is now at Birmingham's Legacy Arena. Now, the events are scattered around town, but uh, this morning we are at Legacy Arena. We are awaiting uh, the, the people that will pour into the arena beginning in the next 20 minutes, half hour or so, because right about now they are, they are leaving for their march, being led by Glenn Beck and uh, Bishop Lowe and many other pastors and people who are just tired like I am and like you are. Tired of hearing never again, and then it just continues to happen. Tired of fighting and not seeing any progress. And look around and say, some of this should be so easy. Some of the people that are standing against me, some of the people that are working against me, are people that I know are good people and should be getting this. How come they're not getting it? And I'm sure many of them are saying, how come Doc's not getting it? What we're talking about here is something I mentioned to Michael Palka a couple of minutes ago, and that is common ground. I've talked about it before, and I think it's now uh, becoming even more evident that that's what we have to focus on. If you look at those people and you say, why aren't they with me on this thing? One One of our good Jewish friends was with us last night, and he looked around and he said, how come there's not any rabbis here? Not as a criticism of this event. Because they were invited. They are welcomed, as all people are. But how come they didn't choose to come? How come there's not more Jewish people standing up and saying, you know what, you're right. Is it because I'm Christian? What what are you missing? Ah, it's your progressive. You have some progressive ideas and values. You can't stand with me on the common ground that says people shouldn't have their heads cut off. That seems pretty simple. That seems to be one thing that we would be able to at least agree on. Let's let's not chop people's heads off. If there's, I mean, no, I, no, seriously, let's think about this. We talk so much about how far how far away Republicans and Democrats right. or liberals and progressives right. are. Can we at least sit down at the table? We talk about being bipartisan, reaching across the aisle. Can we all just agree not to cut people's heads off? You know what, Skip? If we convened a, a big conference, thousands of people, right, thousands of people sitting down, of all shapes and sizes, I would be willing to bet if you presented that, you would get a couple of a-holes in the back you're, going, no, you're, hold you're on, right. hold on, hold on. Nobody's head? Nobody said, wait a minute. When you say cut their head off, what do you mean by that? What are you, what are you insinuating? Because i got to tell you, right, you would start that. By what method are you talking? I mean, we can still saw, right? We just can't <laughs> chop. I agree, chopping is wrong, but, I mean, there should be some room to saw. Are you talking guillotine? You know, because my ancestry is French. You know, is that some criticism? Right? I mean, that's what they would start doing. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. But, but for the most part, I think people can agree on 
let's not chop people's heads off. So, I mean, that's why, and you make a great point, too, as far as why, why can't we get together at an event like this and just agree on some of those things and say never again is now. For that, even if we're further away on other things, at least can we say never again is now to chopping people's heads off. Right. And I'm sure there's many other things. The truth is, <clears throat> if, you, if you really think about humanity, what, what makes you a human being, what human being wants, desires, what they need, of course the lines between need and want have been blurred for many years, <clears throat> your basic needs to sustain life are food, water, shelter, not necessarily in that order. Food, water, shelter, that's pretty much it. And by shelter, I just mean... Um, getting away from the... Warmth ex- when it's snowy. Right, or, the ex- being exposed the to harsh degree, elements, yeah. right. Beyond that, to flourish, a human being needs something. It, it's a want and a need. We, need. we need love. We need connect. We need companionship. We need these things. I mean, God created Adam a companion. These are the things we need. I mean, think about that. Adam was living in the Garden of Eden. Uh, paradise. <laughs> He was in paradise. Had things pretty good. <clears throat> right. And I will not question God's choice of companion being woman. I'll just assume he knows best. <laughs> There's something I don't know, but he knows best. Just okay. let that one, let that one. Just yeah. let yeah. fly let by let there. That one fly by. But he said, it's better to, for you to have a companion. That, that is something for human beings to flourish. We need these things. We need love. <clears throat> Another friend of ours that we got a chance to, to see last night that we see from time to time he works for the company, does some, some work for us, and attends these events, a gentleman by the name of Greg. He shared with me a story years ago of meeting with a group of people and this uh, author, this inspirational author, writer. And this person handed everybody a, at the seminar a worksheet and said, I want you to fill this out. And on the first piece of pa- first page of the paper, it said, what are you afraid of? Write it down. And people feverishly started writing. Uh, I would have put down snakes. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not afraid of snakes. I just dislike them. So that wouldn't have been it. But, you know, you write down what I'm afraid of. Losing my family, uh, not being able to provide for them, uh, health, whatever. And they wrote all this stuff down. After, you know, 20 minutes or so, they said, okay, you got your list? Okay. Uh, flip it over. Answer the next question. The next question said, no, really, what are you afraid of? Write it down. Because all that stuff in the first page, <laughs> that's not what you're afraid of. Really think about what all that means and what are you really afraid of. Eh, people are a little more puzzled and writing a little slower, started writing some stuff down. And uh, he said, all right, you got that? Okay, now flip the piece of paper. Go to the next question. And the next question said, no, really, really, what are you afraid of? <laughs> because that's not it either. And his point was, and he eventually made this point, that all that stuff you're afraid of can be boiled down to a couple of things. We're all afraid of being discovered as a fraud. Now that sounds like an odd thing. What is it? A fraud? Yeah. We're all afraid at work of people realizing, you know what? He really doesn't know what he's doing. That your spouse will realize you're not as noble as, you know, that you're not love worthy. Not that you're lying. Not that, that you're you're doing all of these heinous things, but we all have that level of doubt about ourselves, those insecurities. That's what he meant by fraud. Well, it's that voice in the back of your head, too. It's that voice that tells you you're not good enough or you're failing at this or you need to do this. Those insecurities, right. And we all have them. And to that point, it was, we're all afraid that we will not be loved. That's it. 
That's what all those fears come down to. You're afraid that if you, if you lose your job, and one gentleman stood up and actually spoke this. He, he used this gentleman as, the, as one of the points as he was going through these three questions. He said, what are you afraid of? Afraid of losing my wife. Or afraid of, or I lose my job. And what does that matter? Well, then we'll suffer. And? Well, and that's not good. And? And he kept going. And finally the guy goes, that my, that my wife will leave me. That was it. His fear of that was not being loved. These are the types of things. <clears throat> well, if we all have those same basic feelings, and of course there are many variables, but if we have all these same basic feelings, shouldn't we be able to find some common ground on the biggest things? These same basic feelings? This morning, Skip and I had some, uh, some difficulties getting on the air, and it was filled with frustration and anger at ourselves and each other and other people and whatever. I mean, that's really frustrating. I mean, we're running and running and running. We, we rarely get sleep and we're working hard and we want to make a good showing. We want to help and all of this stuff. And there were delays. We were on a delayed. And the whole time during that hour that we didn't get on the air, we are literally sweating because we're running back and forth from the hotel to the arena and running around the arena and just sweat pouring off us in the Birmingham morning sun and uh, anger and what about this and I finally just had to stop and say I'm being tested again that's what this is right here in the middle of all of this I'm being tested I'm being tested because I'm getting frustrated and angry and I lead with my sword that's what I do that's that's what I I am a reflection I I am I'm so average I am I'm about as average as you get there is so little exceptional against me uh, about me there's so little that is exceptional. I am, I'm average, and I'm a reflection of, of what the average person goes through. And it's frustration and anger. That's it. So I was tested again this morning to say, you know, maybe you're supposed to learn a lesson here. And that's where we are. That's where, that's where I am right now in all of this. One of the messages uh, over the past couple of days, and you've probably heard Glenn talk about this on the air as part of never again is now is this idea that you're being called upon to do something and will you answer the call and often as glenn is the perfect living example the lord chooses imperfect people well we're all imperfect how about the least among us he chooses the least among us (laughs) Because, I mean, the Bible's filled with it, right? Yeah. He's filled with the, the Lord picking unlikely people. And Glenn's like, wow, you've gotten down to the, the alcoholic Mormon. Okay, <laughs> right? I mean, speaking of himself. And uh, some other people echoed that as well. Well, Skip and I are minor, minor pieces of this puzzle. But our part in this is still significant. And he has chosen me to be somebody to speak on these things when I don't speak on these things. I speak on anger and frustration, and I mock people. So that's my challenge. The Lord's calling an unlikely person to bring you that message today. A message of unity and love. Not that I don't talk about these at times or certainly feel these things, but I don't lead with those things normally. That is not normally my message. We are live from the Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama, as part of Never Again Is Now. 
people coming together from all over and standing and saying, all of those times we've said never again, how come they keep happening? Shouldn't never again be now that we dig our heels in and say no more, enough is enough, that we will restore unity, that if only a handful of people, if 300 people stand up and say, we will walk together. We will stand together, regardless of our backgrounds and our beliefs and our faiths, to find common ground of love and peace and saying, I will love everybody else as I was directed to do. That we will love one another as Christ loves us. We are sitting right at the tops, uh, top of the steps of uh, one of the main entrances of Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama. It's Skip Lacombe and Doc Thompson broadcasting live on the Blaze Radio Network. And I see now, Skip, making their uh, way up the steps, uh, the beginning of the march that started, oh, about 20-some minutes ago. <clears throat> at the front of the crowd, yep, there he is, Glenn Beck. Can you turn your meerkat? Yeah, uh, let me, he's uh, let me go ahead surrounded now. by the uh, paparazzi people and whatnot. You'll see Glenn uh, walking arm-in-arm. Arm. Is that Bishop Lowe next to that him? That is, yeah, Bishop Lowe's <clears throat> next to him. Uh, some other uh, some other pastors and ministers and many other people. <clears throat> Should we call him over? Should I scream at him? Mr. Back! Mr. Back! Glenn! <clears throat> yeah, paying no attention to us over here. Wow. Wow. Uh, got just got snubbed by the big guy. I see. Oh, well. All right, we're going to get a, a break in, and uh, we'll come back with more on the Blaze Radio Network. Live from Restoring Unity in Birmingham. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to a special presentation of The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. We are coming to you live from Legacy Arena, Birmingham, Alabama, as part of uh, Never Again Is Now. And uh, did you see the big guy inside? Did he make I, the- I did not. We're going to hope to get Bishop Lowell here in a few. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to get in contact with some people too, to see if we can get the big guy out here as well. But Bishop Lowell should be joining us in uh, 20 or so minutes. Okay, sounds good. Uh, at the top of the steps right now, uh, people making their way up. You see a lot of people waiting to get in the arena for the official uh, activities today. I did see uh, Stu from the Glenn Beck program making his way around. Uh, I just saw Pat Gray go in. And uh, is that Jeffy? Is that Jeffy? Uh, yes, Jeffy is over there as well. I knew it was Jeffy or the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> I couldn't to... figure out because he has the, the bright orange shirt on. And you know he does. Yeah, it's kind of hard to uh, hard to differentiate <laughs> between the two of them. But um, Right, exactly. But yeah, that does appear to be Jeffy. <laughs> um, the events over the last couple of, uh, the, yesterday, a uh, couple of events we ended up attending, I thought were, were particularly interesting. I touched on a little bit this with Mike Opalka. I was, in addition to enjoying the the service yesterday, because it was a worship service yesterday afternoon as well. It was beautiful. I was trying to notice how people were connecting or not. I was trying to see if if people were getting the message, because the bishop told us that there were many people in his church that said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't invite this racist Glenn Beck in. You can't have him here, (laughs) right? He said many, many people told him that. And yet there were still many congregants that were there, right? So I was trying to see, gauge, do the black people that were there, part of the church, were they getting it or were they saying, oh, that Glenn Beck is a racist, you know? I was trying to get to the white people there, understanding what maybe some of the messages the black folks were saying in the church or whatever. All in all, I think, yeah, I think they did. I think they got it. 
The one part that I found interesting was when David Barton was speaking and he gave his whole history of religion and the founding of America. The one part that, that I, and again, this is just my perception of reactions and facial expressions and stuff, it's not scientific at all, was when he mentioned the founding fathers. That's the loss right there. That's the part that we have to, to connect and say, okay, I understand it. I get it now. I get it. You, you do not feel your day of freedom that you will celebrate year after year is July 4th, 1776. That was not. And the ironic thing, it's, we celebrate it, but we weren't there. No, but but it's interesting too. Is that to to that race of people? I mean, they did not earn their independence that day. It is not as significant exactly. to them because they were still they were still under oppression. Right now, I understand. Yes, that also led to theirs as well. And I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm just saying that's what it is. That's how many feel. It's they to get not, perspective, so we know where each other exactly. are coming from and looking at things. They do not recognize that the same way we do. So there's got to be that understanding back and forth. Again, I'm not saying what's wrong and what's right, and it's frustrating. There's a lot more to it than that, but that's where we are right now. So if we want to move forward, if we want to understand, that's the point we're at. I'm glad Glenn talked about uh, um, Reconstruction as well, um, that we've, we've never really atoned for Reconstruction. And he's right. The Reconstruction era, post-Reconstruction, was horrible. And it wasn't, just, it wasn't just blacks. It was the entire South that was shut out. Anybody that knows their Southern history and anybody from the South knows the oppression that they felt for decades upon decades upon decades. And there were a few things that ended up finally turning things around for the South. But yeah, we've never really atoned for that. All right, follow us on the Twitter. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. We'll still use the hashtag What I Learned Today, too, if you want to join the program. And also we'll hear from uh, some of the people that are here in Birmingham as part of Never Again Is Now, Restoring Unity, part of Glenn Beck and the Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip on the Blaze Radio Network. Doc and Skip, live from Restoring Unity in Birmingham. Hey, joining us now, Jeffy from the Glenbeck program. Hi. Hi. Now, here's the interesting thing. Um, I was here Thursday night and was at uh, Glenn's virtual signing. I don't know if you saw that on uh, Meerkat. And uh, Jeffy's wife was there because she, uh, she helps out and she'll take photos. Somebody's got to work in the family. Right, exactly. And then all day yesterday, I saw Jeffy's wife working, taking pictures. This is the first time I see Jeffy. First time. First time I see where, where you been. She's out there working. I, uh, you ain't doing anything. That's why I brought her. That's why you brought her. Um, okay. I have a hotel room to stay in. It's okay. air-conditioned. <laughs> All right. So uh, what do you think of the event so far? Did it's you been, just... Oh, my gosh. It's been fantastic. We've got the blimp flying around. We've had all kinds of people. I know off the air, you and I were talking that uh, we had heard rumors that uh, Black Lives Matter were going to be here. Yeah. I, last night, we had heard that. And, uh, wow, I don't... Is, is that accurate? I certainly didn't see any uh, on the march uh, that we just... We just ended our part of the march. And I didn't see any at all. You saw five? Wow, that's... Really? Uh, well, they're really half-assing it, aren't they? Oh, wow. Well, well, all right. Well, that's I mean, good, though. going to protest? That's good, though. We're saying all lives matter. They're going to protest that? Jimmy, that's what's so funny. That's what Skip and I have been saying. That is what is so crazy about all of this. That, yeah, saying all lives matter is so troubling. And yet, Jeffy, as I say that, 
in the back of my mind, I go, I know that's being perceived as racist. Yep. It, it's them, almost, that's what they are. Right. That's yeah. what these people here, many people here, when I say all lives matter, they hear, oh, you're saying blacks don't. We're just going to go ahead and trump that and say, oh, we can't get any attention. That's how crazy it's, it's become. Absolutely crazy. I'll give you another one. Skip and I were here hours ago, and we started setting up. We started scouting out the place. And multiple times, I saw local law enforcement come around, scouring the building, investigating with bomb-sniffing dogs. Okay. Bomb-sniffing dogs. For a march. For a march about treating each other well. Right. Are you kidding me? I know. This is not this is not David Duke coming to speak with some uh, pointy-headed goofballs. These are people saying, "Forget politics, forget that stuff and say, remember your values that are based on your faith. Treat people well." This is incredible. Why this do is the you bearded hate? Spock. Why do you hate? <laughs> why, why do I hate? hate exactly? Oh my gosh. That's become hate. It is like completely upside down now. It sure is. It's unbelievably agonizing. <clears throat> but we got a lot of good people here. Yes. Everybody watching out for everybody. It's been uh, it's been really a, a great time. Last night was amazing at the church. Mm-hmm. Were you guys out there? I'm sorry, what? We were in spirit. In spirit, we watched Meerkat. I'm sorry, what? So at, We were up for 24 moments, hours. Give us a break. We went ago, back. I just got hammered for you not seeing Darn me. Darn it. I wish you wouldn't ask that question. Forward. We were there yesterday for the pastor's conference, but we missed last night. How was last night? I wasn't there. <laughs> wasn't no, there. I was there. It was great. <laughs> no, how, how long was, was actually, what was, was the really what good. was the lineup last night? What did how did it? Well, well, we we can't hear you, man. Hang on one sec. Go ahead, explain. <laughs> we'll get, put you on mic in a minute. Go ahead. No, we had the uh, they just had the choir and then uh, Pastor Pastor Love and uh, then Glenn and they talked about. I think he went over about uh, mm, an hour. And yeah, hour. he goes long. He was good though. Uh, oh, yesterday afternoon, actually, and last night he was great. Yeah, you didn't even realize it was so long till Glenn got up and said. Uh, good night. Yeah, good night, everybody. Thanks for <laughs> so coming. What can right? I say that he did nothing. Good night. He told the story about how this came together. Did you guys hear the story about how it all came together uh, with uh, Glenn talking to him on the air and then Glenn just kind of putting it in his lap and saying, yeah. run with it or whatever? Yeah. And he was called to do it. You're right. They're the strange bedfellows, and the, the Lord picks often odd people to lead. And Glenn is really good at uh, saying, man, that's a good idea. Do that. And then coming back around in about three days, going, is it together? We good to go? Yeah. You got, we, you got 80,000 people showing up? Yeah. Those of us who work for Glenn recognize this is his modus of uh, operandi, right? He, this is what he does. Great I got that. this great idea for this. Okay, sounds good. And a week later, hey, did you do that? Is that all wrapped up? We good to go? I thought you were just kind of throwing it out there. No, I didn't no, know you wanted me to actually do that. But okay, Come back. Come kill me know in a week. When it's <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I heard the um, the choir and band uh, warming up they a little bit good. earlier, and it was going to be full. Did they have the full choir last night? Yeah. Okay, because they had about half choir. We had cheerleaders. We had everything. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to get a quick break in, then we'll come back and talk to uh, some of you here and get your uh, take on it. If you have any uh, observations about last night, we'll do that coming up on the Blaze Radio Network. This is a special presentation of the Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip, live from Restoring Unity. On the Blaze Radio Network.
This is the collision of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. That's a crowd making their way in right now to Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama. Are you guys ready to say never again is now? All right, restoring unity. Uh, I was supposed to hear from uh, Glenn Beck in a couple minutes or so. We'll uh, we'll talk to him, and we'll talk to some more people in the crowd about um, about why they're here, why they were compelled to come. I hope what I'm feeling with this is accurate. I hope that this is the beginning of a new direction. Good people standing together, saying we got to do something different. I mean, we could still fight some of the battles we've been fighting. Some of them have been successful, but they're just not gaining enough ground, not enough uh, traction. Hopefully. This is going to be something that turns it around. Hopefully, like Gideon's army, the handful of people here will go forth and tell other people. And other people will join up with them. Join up with them. And we'll get something accomplished. <laughs> hey, by the way, our, uh, our most valuable tweeter is here. Chris, hey. how you how doing, you? buddy? Not bad in you. <clears throat> I'm doing well. Chris, uh, you uh, here, uh, let's read some of his tweets from time to time. And uh, he was deemed last year our most valuable tweeter. And by the way, you know... End of the year, we I have know. to. I either have to defend or give I, my title. That's what I'm saying, you know. So <laughs> we'll see how that ends up working out. So why did you end up coming to uh, to Birmingham? What well, was your I never, I never stood up for anything. Um, I was in the military, so I didn't have the chance to stand at all. And I've you mean during, you mean during the last few during the last few years? years okay. Uh, this this is my first event, and at the time. Um, about a year ago, when I started listening to you guys, I started getting more involved, and I decided to, you know what, enough is enough, and it's literally time to put, you know, action to all the things that I'm doing. Right. You know, so I decided to just get on a car, don't care about the money, God will supply it, and mm-hmm. I'm here. And you're from Florida, right? Um, yes, Florida. <laughs> so you, you came up from Florida. Um, Chris, well, first of all, you did stand. You were you were in the army, but I know what you mean with some of the yeah. some of the other things or whatever. And thank you for your service, by the way. Um, so while you were in the service and you saw things happening, what was going through your mind? What were you thinking? At that time, I was more like following orders, so I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, but um, you're right. You were following orders, yeah. but I mean, did you see the craziness? Did you see yes, people I backlash? Did. Um, and did you understand was, what was going on? It was in Balad where I was able to see more action. Mm-hmm. Like people say um, I was able to see um, bombs being thrown at me. Um, that's why I have PTSD now because a bomb went off um, mm-hmm. behind where I was sleeping. So that made me realize, hey, people are really trying to kill me just because I'm an American. Right. And it was really an honor to be in the villages as well. Um, talking to the chiefs and talking to what they were doing, and they're they're literally just like us. They just want a piece of what well, we have, our freedom. And it's awesome to see them, you know, stand for themselves. But obviously, they can't do it all by themselves. The people of the Middle East, and I, I, I don't know if you heard. Uh, I think you did just before the top of the hour. I talked about the uh, the KGB seeding the Middle East with anti-American propaganda and anti-Christian propaganda, and all of this that. I think this is the problem. There, there have been a, a lot of forces over the years that have, have really worked hard to divide people because there's benefit in it, whether it's you know, extremist Muslims or, or whoever. Um, do you think the people of the Middle East, the average person, the average Muslim out there that is, is really being controlled and threatened by, by these nutcases, whether it's ISIS or the Ayatollah or whoever, do you think they 
they can get it? Do you think they, they could get it? No, they do get it, Doc. When I was in Bagram, um, I was able to be the liaison between the local community, the local nationals, and the military bases, and they do get it. They do get it that, you know, we don't hate them. They do get that, you know, we are the beacon. Um, one of the stories that I was able to help out over there was a 16-year-old kid that left his family and worked on the base. The next day, he came crying to us because... His family's house was burned down because he was working for us. See, that's the stuff. Those are the people that are dividing right there, right? And I was telling him, what can we do for you? So I went up to the chain of command. I was able to build my house and, you know, try to, you know, bring the family in. Because if you work for a base, you're allowed to live in the base. And we were able, you know, not to move him inside, but we were able to build him a new house. And help him out. And help him out. And seeing stuff like that. And in earlier That today, breaks my heart that he would go through that. Yeah. Earlier today, I was with Laverne marching with the Coptic Christians, and they have amazing stories as well. There's um, a, a gentleman that was here yesterday. He told me, and he's um, a talk show host, and um, he said, Doc, I, well, first of all, he's, he's, he happens to be black, and he, um, he's a talk show host, and he's a conservative. And we started talking about race and how he deals with people calling him horrible things. You know, how, how he deals yeah. with those things. Yeah. Because if you are black, you are often called some of the most hateable, heinous things. Skip and I have talked about that it's one of the most offensive things you can call somebody is to call them um, the, the Uncle Tom. Yeah. That that is arguably the most offensive things you could say yeah. to somebody like that. So I asked him about it. And he said, you know, I deal with that, Doc. He goes, I talk about... What does it mean? What was an Uncle Tom? Or there's an even more offensive term for that that they would call him, you know. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you call that? The house, you know, whatever. He said, here's what I tell him. What does that mean when people say that? And he goes, and I break it down on the air. I'll say, what, is, what does that mean? He goes, that was the person, the Uncle Tom or the house, you know, whatever. That was the person who did the master's bidding, carried his water, mm-hmm. kept the other slaves in, in line. He said, and when a slave would run... They would, be, they would go with the master and these other people and track them down, and they'd be the one that would have to, to, to pull them out of the thicket in the weeds and bring them back to the master. And he said, so who is doing that today? Is that me, the black conservative, that's saying, you're free, I want you to stand on your own, and I'll stand with you and help you out if I can? Or is it the system out there that says you need to be beholden to government, that without them, you're, going, you're not going to exist? And by the way, if you try to leave us and you try to tell other people to leave, it's going to get really bad for you. That's what you're talking about with the guy who had his house burned down. He was saying, wow, I get it. These Americans, they're not bad people, right? What did they do? Burn his house down because he's a threat. He's more of a threat than we are because he knows the truth. That's the problem. Yeah, and, and the thing about it, Doug, it, it, we, don't have to, we don't have to lie about anything. If we start talking with facts, facts alone can win any argument. And that's the problem with the other side that tried to divide us. They just go by emotions. And when you are guided by emotions, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't act at all. You can't act at all. So that's why, well, that's when I tell people, you have to stop acting with your emotion. You stop doing the knee-jerk reaction. Because once you do the knee-jerk reaction, <clears throat> you, you, your, um, your argument is no longer valid. 
You yeah. have to stand with the facts. And that's, that's one thing that I always tell people. You have to stand with the fact. Even if the fact will make you look like a moron or something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you still have to stand with the fact because that's what set everybody free. And over there, when I was in Afghanistan, Bagram, the chief came up to me. We showed the goodness. We showed the American side that everybody wants to like. We showed, we actually did a, uh, a Christmas in April for all the local kids. Oh, wow. And that, we literally, we want, it was supposed to be only for 10 kids. By the end of April, we had 300 kids. We had three villages inside the bases. Wow. And the entire America, churches, I went to church. I didn't go to anybody else. I didn't go to any organization. I went to churches, and churches responded by sending us gift, a soccer ball. You don't even know how much a soccer ball means. I bet that's that. gargantuan. That is literally given like an iPad. A kid here. That's giving incredible. Him soccer ball. Damn. A soccer ball is an equivalent of an iPad. <clears throat> and the kids were literally toys that, that kids no longer went for the Santa Claus list. They were wow. literally appreciating that. That was broke my heart. And I was like, that's what we have to do. You know, I've thought about it. Who among us couldn't take, even if you're struggling, couldn't take over the next couple of months $100 and, and, and help somebody? I, I bet, it, you know, just most people in America, if... if if push, they could gather a couple of hundred dollars, maybe a couple of hundred. How much is a ball? Right, exactly. 20 bucks, exactly. right? Exactly. But imagine what you could do for a family that lives off of pennies a day in rural China. And you say, I'm going to give you $200. That's like two years income to them. Exactly. So put yourself in that position. Imagine what, what you could do for your family if someone says, I'm going to give you two years income. Here you go, tax-free, two years income. And I think about these things. I think about these people living on pennies a day in China, and I think... I would love to be able to go, what do, you, what do you make a year, $100? Here you go. I doubled your income this year. And this family, too. To do that level of good. The problem, when I see these organizations on TV, you know, help the starving children, I know the administrative cost is 90% or exactly. whatever it is, and it's not getting there. What is the way that I can put $100 into the hands of somebody in the Middle East who lives off of $50 a year? You see what I'm saying? What can I do? These are the things we have to do. Yeah, but before you even do that, dog, we have to soften our hearts. Yeah. America is literally, is the hearts is so hardened. So those people that you're talking about are there. But once everybody starts softening their hearts, right. that's when it's going to start initially because it perfect me. You know, I got put in my heart. I have to go to Israel. I don't know. I don't know why I'm going to get to Israel. <laughs> but you know what? By next year, I will probably be calling you and be like, hey, doc, I'm in Israel. Okay. You know, right. that's, that's all it is. It's taking the initiative. It's like what Glenn always says. You listen to that mm-hmm. voice inside of you that's telling you what to do. You have to go. And then people, there's people over there that are willing to be like, hey, those $5 will literally feed an entire family. Because I've I seen know. it. I literally seen it. I literally put money in pockets of local nationals when I was over there. The, uh, the military did not want me to do that because, you know, they were like, not everybody has that heart. Right. But, you know, take them to the side and say, hey, there's $5 here. You will see, again, their, their eyes where it's like, oh, my God, he just handed me $5. Dog, how many... A cup of coffee now is five dollars. Oh, store it out. yeah. You just throw it out like that. But and then put yourself in their position. What would it be like to you if someone handed you twenty five thousand? Exactly. Because that's how it is. Because that's, that's the disparity, how it is. Right. The, the difference is over there, and then it's, we just have to start softening our hearts, be more sensitive to the other people. And the thing I, I learned in in this one year that I've been out of the military, I learned that once I start forgetting about myself, because it's not about me, it's about others. Interesting. Financing will always come to me. Doc, I've never been, I've been unemployed for about a year. You know, I've been yeah. unemployed for a while, but guess what? I've never run out of money. Not because I'm begging out there, but because I'm giving out and I was able to see that 
as I was giving out, more money was coming in. And I was like, I am so blessed by that. Wow. Chris, thank you so much. I no appreciate problem. your service. Thank you for being our friend. And, uh, and thank you for being here in Birmingham. It's Chris, our most valuable tweeter here on the Blaze Radio Network. Quick break. We'll come back with more Blaze Radio Network. Live from Restoring Unity in Birmingham, this is the Morning Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. is a special presentation of the Morning Blaze, live from Birmingham. So far, I think uh, people are getting it, Skip. They really are. It's, uh, we talked to a lot of good people out here in Birmingham. Uh, people still making their way into Legacy Arena for uh, the restoring unity never again is now. And yeah, the crowd of people just continues on and on and on. They were saying they had upwards of 20,000 people marching. I believe, wow. the, um, I believe the capacity of the arena is right around 20,000, and I think they got very, very close to selling out. So we should have a, a nearly packed house here. And, yeah, I mean, smiles on people's faces. People, people are happy. People. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's, so it's about 20,000 is I, what it seats? I believe so. I, I, is not, that with or without Glenn back in there? Uh, Technically, that's without. So, I mean, that's why they couldn't quite sell Okay, out. that's what I'm saying. Because like, with Glenn they in there, They couldn't sell all 20,000 tickets. That just wouldn't <laughs> those, be safe. Those seeds in there, you really limit your capacity when Glenn's in there. Well, see, and we actually told Jeffy that it's across the street. So we don't have to worry about that. As far as Jeffy is concerned, he's in the overflow area with the, with the screen. So that shouldn't be too much of an issue. You know what, Skip? That is part of, of, of how our life should be right there. That, that is part of it right there. Where... We tease each other. We give each other the business on stuff. First of all, you know, Glenn is self-deprecating about that stuff anyways, but that we tease each other about it, and, and it's okay. It's all right. It's the spirit in which it's intended, you know? And it's funny. It's fun. It's okay. Um, yeah, I think people are really getting the message. Um, they're, they're really happy to be a part of this. You know, for a lot of people here, this is the, the come-together moment because they know they need to fellowship with other people. That's yeah. what that's yeah, what part no, of this is. You know, for some people, and obviously there is certainly a religious and faith-based component to this, there are many times in people's lives, like, well, maybe Glenn, for example, since we're talking about him, where people at rock bottom and they say, on their hands and knees, Lord... You know, I've, maybe I've never worshipped you, never even believed in you, maybe whatever, but I am so desperate, I'll do anything right now, anything to get out of where I am. When you have any of those moments in life, whether it's a sick family member, a loss of job, or an addiction, or whatever it is, and you get to that point in your life and you throw your hands up and say, I've got to do something different. And then you go and fellowship with people and you realize that love, um, and, and that's what you know, people's face drives them to. I think that's, that's what a lot of people are feeling now. I mean, it could be that level of desperation, maybe not quite that level. But I know people are that frustrated with what's going on in the world. No, I, know I know I am. Yeah, well, absolutely. In fact, um, somebody who we had met on the, uh, on the tour, we, Doc and I went on tour uh, two years ago, too, too, all around. We, uh, and Chan has in Minnesota. We'd met a couple of people, too. In fact, I had just seen another gal, too, who came up and said she actually lives in Chile. And she was, she was called to be here today. She had never been to a Glenn Beck event before, had, had got introduced to the Blaze by meeting Doc and I while we were on our tour. And she says she didn't know why, didn't know what possessed her, what compelled her, but she had to be here. Bought a ticket. She made her own Never Again Is Now t-shirt that she's even wearing now and came from Chile to come up here. 
Wow. Again, and it's, it's nothing she said. She, I don't even know why. She had started listening to our show based mm-hmm. off of meeting us. Then all of a sudden it becomes a, wow, I've got to get to that never again is now thing they're talking about. She made her own sign. Her own shirt. Her own shirt. Own shirt. She didn't make her own ticket, did she? No, no. Okay, no. that's okay. I believe she. Was, I believe she bought a ticket. Okay, yeah. that's fine. That's all right. Come on. Don't <laughs> no, start making those on us now. Um, no, it's funny. Um, even being here, and, and again, Skip and I would be here anyways because we we get what's going on. We want to be a part of this. We're we're uh, cogs in the machine, you know, as part of this movement. This is who we are. So it it kind of snuck up on me. That we would get that that I would get some personal messages as well. Have you gotten anything personal out of it? Um, I have. I think anytime I'm in one of these uh, these types of situations too, there are there are things that happen or uh, people I see, conversations I have, um, an interesting point that somebody says that actually will change or adjust the way that you look at things, the way that you can perceive things. I mean, I, I think always we, we we strive to be a better person and strive to be to be better in our lives and. And I think that's what I'm going to get out of out of this is, is ways I could go ahead and take and, and be a better man, a better man of faith, um, and just be better. You know, it's it's time to act. You have to actually, and we say this a lot of times on our show too, is that you can't just manufacture and let things happen uh, to uh, and expect to get great things. If you if you want to actually achieve those great things and achieve greatness and become better, it takes work. You have to do. Last night, or yesterday at the Bishop's Conference, um, the uh, Bishop Lowe spoke, and then um, I can't remember uh, his uh, one of the pastor's name that he works with that often preaches in the church as well, but um, he, um, he said something during his, his sermon where he mentions generations, and I wish I could, I wish I could remember it. I'm going to find it and hopefully play it Monday for you or, or get at least the message. And he mentions generation, that this is our generation now. This is who we are. This is our lot. Some people were, were called to fight World War II. Some people were called to, to fight during the Civil War or Revolutionary War. You know, different times throughout history, people are called. This is where we are now. This is it. I mean, is it the same type of battle? No. Is it as important? Maybe it's more important. Maybe it's less important. That's not the point. The point is, this is now. This is us. This is our generation. What are we doing with it? Where are we going with it? Got to do something different. What we've been doing isn't working, right? I mean, no, is there any doubt what we've been doing isn't working? Well, and, that, and that's why I say I mean, it, it takes that work. It takes going out. It takes fellowship. It takes prayer. It takes thought. It, it takes work to get better. You can't just... And again, too, it's the whole hashtag activism teams. It seems like more often now people want to go on, on Twitter or on Facebook and use a hashtag to be a part of a movement. If you want to be part of a movement, no, you have to go out there and get off your ass. Frankly, get off your ass and go do. That is the way you become part of a movement to move that needle forward to make you a better person or to achieve something better. That's a really good point. Really good point. I think that's what these people are doing. But I do love to just see the smiles on their faces, the good fellowship, and knowing you're doing something good as well. Yeah. There, there is a, um, an unspoken and probably, probably unthought about uh, selfish component for everybody here is that you're going to feel good. You're going to realize you are among good people, and you're you're finally in the right arena. No. So, it's it, these people aren't doing it for that reason. That's not what they're focused on. But I primarily am. Well, certainly we are. I mean, that's who we are. But yeah, they're they're not. All right, on the Twitter, it's at uh, Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. Feel free to use the hashtag What I Learned Today. We'll get some of those coming up. This is Doc and Skip on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe.
on the Blaze Radio Network. This is a special presentation of The Morning Blaze, live from Birmingham. It's Doc and Skip live from Legacy Village in Birmingham, Alabama. Part of Never Again is now and Restoring Unity. And joining us now on the Blaze Radio Network, the niece of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Alveda King. How are you? Hello, how are you? And hello, listeners. Hey, Doc. Nice to have you here with us. So what do you think? What do you, what do you think of all this? You know, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia in 1951, moved to Birmingham with A.D. King, civil rights leader, brother Martin Luther King, and my mama Naomi, who's here with me. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the church was bombed. I I went to school with the little young lady, Miss McNair. Uh, Our house was bombed, all of that. And then here we are back in Birmingham at a unity rally. With an African American pastor, Bishop Lowe, and Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. How unusual is that? God is amazing. So I'm amazing. You know, we walked around the, the, the line when we marched over to here, was all around the corner for blocks. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. All these people want unity. We want unity. You know, God's love matters. So red <laughs> and yellow, black and white, all are precious in God's sight. You know, when back in the day when those churches were bombed, and, and we understand it wasn't just racism, it wasn't just evil, of course those were there, Yeah. but people were afraid to lose. They were losing out. See, if you, if you, if you recognize people were, were people, yeah. then you would lose what power and money you had. People had stature and power and money, right? And we know that was part of it or whatever. Isn't it ironic that at a unity rally now, where it is represented... By all faiths and denominations of people and gender, and that they're yeah. coming together to just say, let's love one another, that we had to have bomb sniffing dogs here. Bomb sniffing dogs, we saw that, and uh, it just, but no fear though, interestingly. We're not no, afraid. No, no. Uh, but sometimes that's necessary. But we just have to keep saying, God's love matters. And so, if since that's the case, you know, Daddy A.D. King, mm-hmm. Uncle M.L. Martin Luther King Jr. Acts seventeen twenty six of one blood, God made all people. And if we can see that, I'm sitting here next to you, and I'm looking at us. There's not a lot of difference. No, no. And no. so, if 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 it comes from one end of the spectrum to the other, what color is the blood? What that's right. That's blood? right. That's right. If people keep forgetting mm-hmm, that one mm-hmm. blood, Acts seventeen twenty six. Mm-hmm. It's funny though because. If you do have people, because we had heard uh, some of these extremist groups were upset that we were here. You would have people in Bishop Lowe's church that, I don't know about that Glenn Beck, you know, he's a Mormon and he's whatever and all this stuff. But you've, you've got to understand, uh, Elvita, I think these people are still afraid. They're still afraid yeah. to, to give up their power, their stature, whatever. It's, it's really not different. It's evil. It's hate. And people don't want to give up their power. If it's not like me, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. It has to go away. Right. But there's a common place where we can meet. It's called the human heart, where that red blood pumps through that heart, and that's the unity. You know what unity does? Jesus said this, and Jesus is my Lord, by the way. I don't mind mentioning that on the air. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> but he said that people should know us by our love, not our money, not our skin color, not our denomination. But we need to be known by our love. And we're talking about God's love. We're not talking about human love because that can actually fail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But God's love won't fail. Am I preaching? No, no, not at okay. all. You're all speaking right. the truth. I, I just wasn't. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, in fact, I'll do you one better. In the last couple of weeks, I mentioned this on the air. 
there there's a, a scripture that keeps coming to mind and mm-hmm. it's um it's uh uh second timothy okay where it's, it says it talks about um the absence or um the uh without natural affection okay without oh, yeah. natural affection having no having natural, natural affection. affection right and i look around whether it's the planned parenthood videos or whatever that natural affection where you could look at that and regardless of you know there may be other variables you want to take in but you've hardened your heart to the point that you you don't have that natural affection to say wait a minute something is very wrong here natural affection is what lines up with god's plan for procreation you know a man loves a woman they they get married they have babies they don't abort the babies and all of that but see man's affection and I, you know common law too you have common law and you have mm-hmm. natural law natural law lines up with god's law and then common law is human intellect and what humans think so we've come away from that natural affection that natural you know, I've hugged so many people, I, I couldn't count it. And I didn't stop and say, what church do you go to? What color is your skin? Right. Just, hello, I love you. That natural human affection that comes from the love of God and is reflected in who we are when we allow that to exist. You know, David Barton is here, mm-hmm. and David was talking about not just the founding fathers, who, by the way, were imperfect. I hope we know that. Yes. But, you know, I tell people all the time, if David was running for office, Woman at the well, woman caught in the act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Paul, I say we couldn't, you know, you all would be so busy telling everybody what they did wrong, we couldn't vote for them. Right, right. So David was saying that, you know, the founding fathers were not perfect. You know, one problem I just said, when you said all men are created equal, that means mm. men and women and children. Right, exactly. It That's does. It. Right. So they didn't stop to think to write it that way, but they weren't excluding us. No. And we can't exclude now, but, you know, politicians should not be afraid to tell the truth. To go with God's natural design, and that's part of uh, the problem right now. So we've got to get back to unity, to oneness, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in God's sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. All life matters because God's love matters. And I love this, never again is now. Now. There's a, the word now is used also in the Bible. Right now, now faith is mm-hmm. the subject mm-hmm. of things hopes for and the evidence of things not seen. So now in faith and in love, we are saying hashtag never again is now. How do, how do we, and we're speaking with uh, Alvita King, how do, we, how do we get through to so many different groups from so many different places? We have a lot of common ground that they know. It may not be in the forefront of their mind, but they know it. How do, how do we get through to that? How do we talk to each other? I was sitting here as I listened to Glenn's uh, testimony about how he got here, Bishop Lowe, how he got here. So Bishop Lowe was looking around. <laughs> it's a great and story. Glenn, and and, and Glenn, came, Glenn came to him, and then you know Bishop Lowe wanted to meet this man called David <laughs> Barton, and how do you do it? Well, Glenn and David Barton are friends. <laughs> right, right. And then my mother, Naomi King, the widow of A.D. King, slain civil rights leader. I said, Mom, I'm going over to Birmingham. Well, she says, are you going to go by 16th Street Baptist Church? I said, yeah, Mom, we're actually going over there. Oh, well, I want to go to Birmingham. Right. So I'm looking at all these people around here. I guess, did they hear about us on social media? Certainly on the blaze. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. But how did so many people get here? I would say that the Spirit of the Lord was stirring. And God invited us by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. To me, that's how it looks like how we got here. So that's how we bring this message, I believe. That's a great point. That is a wonderful point. Um, are, Are you speaking today at all? 
I'm kind of speaking, and we're introducing a new song, Pray for America. I okay. think I'll have a microphone up on stage doing a little of the chorus to okay, that. Okay, So I'm going to speak, sing the song. I actually have a table if you get by or if you're here, and you okay. can stop by and take a picture with my mother, Naomi King. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. That's yeah. very cool. All right, Alveda King, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you coming out today. We're going to get a quick break in, then we'll come back with more, talk to some more people, and uh, get some of your tweets. It's all coming up on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to a special presentation live from Birmingham at Restoring Unity. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip, only on the Blaze Radio Network.